Welcome to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz, a candid conversation as we learn about types of dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, frontal temporal, and Lewy body, and the effects on the people we love. Jill's years of dedication and experience help you adapt, overcome obstacles, and find positive outcomes. It's time for Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Hello, my caregiver nation. I hope everybody's in a great mood today. I wanted to talk about some of the services that you can have when your person has any type of dementia. People don't often realize that, you know, there are a lot of things that you can have people do for you. And, you know, they're all things that are good to think about. And, you know, take a little bit of planning. I don't think you can just sort of uh, dive into things and hope that everything's just going to turn out okay. It, it helps a lot if you have an idea of what you might need and where do you find those services. What might you be looking for? You know, um, so I made a list of some of the things that I think you might need at certain times and in no particular order. Um, I'll talk about what some of those are. I did think. God, we have Excel because I can put things on a list and then put them in alphabetical order. But uh, they're not necessarily in order by how you might use them, okay? I just wanted to try and find a way to uh, bring them to you. So, you know, the first, the first thing is adult daycare. So you can typically find an adult daycare that has medical and social services and activities, supervision for inpatient and outpatient. So they'll take them on trips and they'll do things with them. They'll have, you know, luncheons and dancing and exercise and all kinds of, of things like that. And you can decide what your person would need or not need if you decide to go that route. Oftentimes they have someone on staff that is medical, which is super helpful. If, if that happens. And uh, if you want to do something like that, typically in a big city, it's around $80 to $100 a day and half that price if you decide to go a half day. So that is helpful. And now that COVID is over, many of you might want to investigate adult daycare services in your local area. It is a great way for you to have a day off and to make sure your person is engaged and having fun and enjoying their life. So think about the adult daycare services. That's a good idea. You can do chore services, meaning if you need a handyman, you need somebody for yard work, you need somebody for errands. One thing that came out of COVID was that we have Grubhub and we have all kinds of ways that different stores and grocery stores will deliver to you. 
in most cases, like even a Target, I think they're worldwide, Target, Kroger, Safeway, King Super, um, you know, a lot of the different uh, grocery store chains. There's, uh, I don't know where, what they are around the world, but, you know, here in Denver, we we have uh, Costco and and Sam's Club and Safeway and King Supers and stuff like that. But uh, these places and Target and Walmart will deliver to your house if there's something you need to buy. Your coffee maker breaks down. You need a mop. You need cleaning supplies. You need holiday decorations. Anything they're selling in their store, they'll bring to you. You just you can call them or you can do it online. And they will bring you whatever you need. And then you, typically you can find if there's a, a next door for your neighborhood. And by that, I mean it's an online thing. Like I have next door Roxboro for where I live. And you can typically find people that will do household repairs, painting, lawn mowing, snow removal, whatever it is, maybe even run errands for you. So that's always helpful. So maybe look into something like that. I'm sure this isn't just a United States thing. I think around the world, you can probably find services close to this. Um, And you might have to look at, you know, like volunteer services. Just make sure that you're not giving somebody the money for those services until they return with your items. Okay, never give money away up front. That can always be a problem. Client assessments, like what I do. Um, You could also have PT and OT, uh, physical therapy and occupational therapy. You can have services around that. You can have psychologists, mental health, emotional situations, behavioral situations, and support groups that you can go to. Most of the time, you have to get up out of your seat, leave your home, and drive someplace. And now that all these places are open again, I highly recommend support groups if they are well-ran and it's not just a bitch session for everybody that is sitting there. You can get, like, Meals on Wheels delivered. You can oftentimes go to churches and... They might have days of the week where they're having a free lunch or something like that. And there's more than just Meals on Wheels that serve seniors who live at home and can't get around. Um, There are lots of them. So you can think about maybe having food delivered for you. There are, besides that Grubhub I was talking about, there are individual restaurants that will deliver nutritional meals to you. So, you know, think about those kinds of things. We don't have to get up and leave the house every single time. See what you can get delivered. Dental services are a big deal. Um, How do you care for the teeth? How do you get a diagnosis if somebody has you know, tooth decay or or something bad going on with their teeth. There are sometimes 
um, dental places that travel around. Look for look for uh, mobile dental services. That's what I would look up online. I would look up mobile dental services and see if they come to your area. I know that there are geriatric uh, case management places that go around in a van and they deliver uh, oxygen and, and they can do blood pressure checks and they can check your feet and all those kinds of things. Uh, so if if that is helpful, you know, you can certainly have even medical services delivered to you uh, as as you need them to. And, and I think those are really good things if you are willing to utilize and your and your insurance will cover some some care company like that uh i i'm trying to think of the one i saw just the other day i just cannot think of what it was called i just saw it driving down the highway and and uh they had their logo on their on their uh, van but nonetheless just look up mobile geriatric services or local um, medical services and see if your insurance will cover those. Um, you can also get like home health aid services, home care companies to come in. They can do health-related tasks like medication reminders, personal care, grooming, bathing, cooking, you know, things like that. A lot of times they will provide activities for people. And it's a good, good deal if they will also do household services like cleaning, but I wouldn't count on that. A lot of home care companies won't do that. They will cook, they will do a little light housekeeping, they'll do a little bit of laundry, they'll do shopping. They might escort your person to and from medical appointments and any place else they need to go. But if you want them to clean your house once a month, that's probably not the people that are going to do it. There there you would need like a merry maids or or find somebody that can come in and clean your house. Again, that next door service that tells you who does what in your neighborhood is a great place to look for somebody to come in and clean your house. I mean, that's a really good deal. How about hospice? Again, this might seem out of order, but I just put these on an Excel spreadsheet to try and and uh, run down the list for you. But hospice services, they provide medical, they provide nursing, they 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 give medications. They also have social services to help support the family members. And in general, they're trying to mitigate the devastation of somebody dying by providing, you know, good services, clerical services, um, therapy services, whatever it takes to get you through the sadness of the issue of what you're doing. And it's good to have hospice because they can guide you through a person getting hydrated, dehydrated, and hydrating them, uh, and and what the dying process looks like so it's not so scary and freaky when it happens. 
So if you're going to use hospice services, really, really find out what kind of additional services they have for family members who are going through this process because oftentimes families don't utilize that. They don't even think about it. They don't think it, that it's part of what what they should be receiving. And I think it's critically important. So so really think that one through. Uh, places like the Alzheimer's Association and so forth can give you information and referrals, not recommendations. They give you referrals. So they give you a lot of times written information about community agencies, about care communities, about services that you can you can get in a one-stop shop. They can give you a list of attorneys. They can give you a list of doctors. All kinds of information, and even uh, probably Medicaid for people that run out of money, and Medicare information so that you know the difference between the two. And uh, I know they can give you lists and lists of care communities in the area and what those people offer. Is it a locked community? Is it just memory care? Is it uh, skilled nursing? in addition to maybe some of the other services they offer. Is there independent care? Can a person live in this community independently while their loved one is in assisted living or in a memory care? So all that information you really can get at the Alzheimer's Association, and they are worldwide. That Those are some of the things that they offer that I think are probably the most beneficial thing that they offer. Their classes and things are leaving a little bit to be desired, but the information, the lists and lists of stuff they can give you will really, really help. And on one of those lists are, I just told you, our legal help, and that that is worth its weight in gold because sometimes you haven't taken the time to address the legal matters, and you need to be very clear about the directives that you want the do not resuscitates, the um, don't give me vaccines if I'm in late stage Alzheimer's, uh, power of attorney, transfer of assets, do you need guardianship and conservatorship and what does all that mean? All big time information you might need and and those are um those are the kinds of things that the Alzheimer's Association can guide you to. So I'm going to give them their props for the moment. How about mental health services? There are lots of people, if you listen to my last podcast, that have what we call comorbidities, meaning other things going on besides just the dementia disease that they are living with. They could have heart problems. They could have diabetes. They could have depression or bipolar or whatever it is. Well, some of those fall under mental health services. So you can get psychosocial assessments. You can get psychological assessments. You can get individual and group counseling to address all the psychological and emotional problems that people have. And that means family members and the, and the people with dementia. These are, you know, important things for you to, to think about. 
you can also get occupational therapy. And what is occupational therapy? It is trying to help somebody live in their world, continue to work, continue to volunteer, uh, continue to live in their home. It's about functional abilities. It's about being able to read and to write and to talk and speech speech and things like that to try to help somebody, you know, really be the best that they can be if they are in the outside world still functioning as a, as a good example. Now, physical therapy, on the other hand, is more rehabilitation. It's more uh, helping to get that arm or that leg working again. It's when somebody breaks a hip and needs to, you know, do exercises and get up and walking and moving around. So physical and occupational therapy are two completely different things, but they certainly help when somebody is struggling. So those are services that are often available to people that you don't even know. And then go into the third one of those, speech therapy. Uh, That is trying to help somebody that possibly has aphasia. And the words aren't coming to them. They're struggling with their speech. They're struggling with their words. And if that person is in the early stage or mid-stage, I would say speech therapy could actually help. I think it would make a huge difference. With that, I want to tell you, I'm super psyched that my niece, Sarah Hackert, is going to be on the show in May. And she is a licensed speech therapist, and she works with people with the same specialties that I do, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, Lewy body, FTD. And she works with adults, typically. And she's going to talk to us about how beneficial speech therapy is for somebody who's in the earlier stages. It isn't going to help in the late stages too much, but it would certainly help in the early stages and mid-stages. So, you know, if, if they can try to restore speech or or work with you on just the way that you move your mouth and you, and you use volume to be able to have people hear you and increase your audible tone, uh, I think that's going to be a great show. And I'm super excited to have her on and can't wait to see, you know, how that's going to uh, benefit all of you. So going back to my alphabetical order here, um, you can, I talked about home care, but you can pay to have a companion come, a person that just provides, you know, supervision, a little bit of personal care, socializing with the person, and being there, not doing any laundry, not doing any cooking per se or anything like that, just somebody that's just a companion to play chess or, or play checkers or do artwork or something like that with someone. You can pay to have those folks come. If you need that personal care, bathing, dressing, getting out of bed, eating, using the bathroom. There are a lot of people that need help wiping and things like that. 
you can get a home care company or sometimes you can get somebody like visiting nurses to come that might be a little bit more equipped to do that kind of work. Those are, you know, special people because that is not fun wiping somebody's butt you don't know. I got to tell you. And for those of you who are doing it with a person you do know, that's not fun either. I got a little, uh, I got a little taste of that. No, I don't want to say it that way. <laughs> I had that experience last Friday. <laughs> oh, my God. I cracked myself up. Uh, I had that experience last Friday because I was at a client's home to talk to the main caregiver, uh, a family, family caregiver, and also to physical therapy and uh, a care community that was coming in into the person's home to assess that person to move into their community. And uh, the caregiver that was supposed to come in the morning wasn't able to come. And she ended up having to go to the doctor. And unbeknownst to me, I was going to become the caregiver of the morning. And I haven't really done that, you guys, in a few years now. And uh, I'm in homes all the time, working with people, talking with people. I'm in communities. I'm, I'm helping with uh, care on occasion, especially when I'm recording or I'm doing training and things like that. But to be in a home with somebody that is not my person and working with that person and finding out that they are incontinent and, and uh, they can't make their own food and need help with eating and are choking and things like that. It had been a few years since I had done that. And uh, I had no precursor to understanding that this person could not go to the bathroom by themselves. Surprise! Yep. So I was in the trenches with you all and uh, know what you're going through yet once again. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see. What else? Personal emergency response systems. So having making sure that your person has one of those first alerts if they fall, that they have some kind of a bracelet on if they are to get lost. Uh, it's always a good idea to have the tracker on uh, if you have set them up with uh, like care track. Um, oh, what did they used to call that? In part of uh, the U.S., they called it something different, and I can't think of what it is. But it's a uh, it's a it's a wristband that has a FM transmitter on it and the battery has to be changed every month. And uh, Project Lifesaver, that's what it is, Project Lifesaver. And uh, if you lose your person, if they wander off while you're at the grocery store, or they wander out the front door, if you have this system set up, uh, the local police and sheriff's department or constables or whoever, wherever you are, can locate them with an electronic signal which is super cool. It isn't always easy to get that person to keep it on, but it is something to think about if they ever need assistance, if they fall or if they get lost. You can also get physician services. I talked about, you know, the people in the van that come around and they 
They can do certain things. They can take blood pressure and bring oxygen and stuff like that. But you can also hire physician services, you know, diagnostic and ongoing medical care. They can prescribe medications. They can treat illnesses and things like that. Uh, in Denver, as an example, we have Bloom Healthcare. We have several other that are roving and rotating physicians' offices that go to various communities, and they will go to somebody's home if you have set it up. And they also are connected with the PT, the OT, and the speech therapy that I was just telling you about. So all that can come to your home these days. I mean, that's, that's about as easy as it gets. That's, that's cool. So, again, think about those uh, protective services that I was just talking about, about the Care Track or Project Lifesaver, whatever. Uh, that was developed in my home state of Illinois. And there was a guy down in Murfreesboro, Illinois, that his wife and daughter had been in a car accident. His wife was killed, unfortunately, tragically. And his daughter was hurt badly, and she had a brain injury. And this guy was the guy who created the first tags that you would put in animals when they tag animals to see where they're traveling to, you know, wildlife and BLM and Bureau of Land Management and, and places like that use those tags on animals. They use them for bears if bears continue to come into residential areas so they know how many times that bear has come in and if they have to put it down if it keeps getting into people's homes or garbage and stuff like that. Anyway, he took this technology and turned it into what we could use for people. We don't tag them on the ear, obviously, but they wear those bracelets. And it's just uh, it's just really phenomenal. And I think I've told you all before that my sister Sue and I set this up in our hometown, and it is still up and running and has been since 2007, and we provide that service free to the residents of my hometown, Decatur, Illinois, and Macon County. And I just love that we are able to do that. So anyway, think about those protective services. You can also think about getting, you know, like ADT, um, the different companies that will come in and put security systems in your home, uh, cheaper, much less expensive version of that. I won't say it's cheap, but a much less expensive version of that is Ring, the Ring doorbell. You can put cameras in your home so that you can see your person when you're not there. You can view what they're doing and when they go in and out of the house and, a, and an alarm goes off on your phone and uh, you can look and see where they are going. And, and if you put them outside your house, you can see which direction they went, which is really good. Inside, you have to be careful if you have a dog or a cat because it can set those off at any moment in time. But those are really good systems to keep your person safe and uh, content and well-protected in your home. There, that ring service costs, a, uh, I would say, by the time you get done with two or three cameras and you get it all set up, it can be three to $500, depending on how many places you want to put it around your house. Just a basic system is about 200 but you only get one or two cameras. So um, anyway, it's 
not as expensive as three or four thousand if you get a whole security system put in, depending on how big your house is. But these are all good ways to keep your person safe. Hey, I'm going to take a short break, and when I come back, I'm going to dive into some of these services more extensively, but um, I want to finish my alphabetical list here, and uh, we'll be right back. Living and working with Alzheimer's and other dementias can often be challenging. Summit Resilience Training provides education, utilizing non-medical approaches for those who work with our friends affected by dementia. Believing families still need one-on-one assistance, we provide classes which help them understand the diseases affecting their loved ones, offering strategies and techniques for success with activities of daily living and working with confusing behaviors. We offer in-home assessments to clarify symptoms of dementia diseases and help families work together to find moments of joy while living with memory loss and impairment. Education programs instilling person-centered care philosophies are offered for professional caregivers working in communities and homes, which can be customized for their staff. Training is also available for first responders, such as law enforcement, fire, and EMT personnel. We are passionate that people with dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and others, are approached with compassion and understanding, and those who work with them have all the tools they need for success. Call us at Summit Resilience Training, 303-420-6988 to schedule a class or in-home assessment. Visit our website at summitresiliencetraining.com for more information. Welcome back to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. All right. So I was talking about the kind of services that you could utilize you have to set them up. You can't usually just expect people to show up or think this is going to be easy, even if you were to, you know, utilize a lot of the different services that I brought up in the first half. You have to call, set it up. The You'll meet in person or on the phone with the company. They get information from a doctor in many cases, or the person has to come and meet your person with the dementia and know who they are and learn a bit, a little bit about them, maybe take a picture of them, assess them. Then you have to set up payment. It isn't like even with the adult daycare, you just show up one day and you bring your person. You have to set all that up. They have to know what day they're coming. You give a credit card. They charge automatically. And pretty much all of these things that I talked about, the home health care services, the hospice, the PT, the OT, everything, uh, that all has to be set up in advance. The only thing I think that you could actually just do is you can just walk into the Alzheimer's Association. <laughs> everything else, uh, you have to look up, you have to have somebody come over and give you a bid, all that kind of stuff. All right, so just just to be clear on that, it's not magic. You have to set things up. All right, what else? We left off at protective services. So the next thing on my list is the R's. So recreational services. There are, um, I hope, like art classes, exercise classes, music therapy, going to parties and celebrations for birthdays and families and weddings and other things that you can do. 
There are usually in the summertime at big parks where they might have something set up like croquet or, you know, some dancing, um, cornhole. So depending on what country you live in or what city you live in, Again, you might have to set those things up, but that is an easy thing for you to just take a walk around some of the bigger parks where you live and uh, see if there's maybe a park association that can give you a list of the events and how you sign up and, and participate and if there's a cost and all that kind of stuff. So those are things that you could really look into and and could just be something simple that you give a try. Respite care. We get exhausted. We get so tired. We need somebody to help us. Sometimes memory care places will have respite. Not all. Some do. Some don't. Check their website. Pick up the phone. Call them. Ask. Easter seals in the United States. Most places have... Uh, sponsorships or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Coupons. They have um, they have these uh, certificates that you can use that they will give you, you know, X amount of money to spend, but you have to apply for it and they have to choose you and usually you have to use it pretty quickly. Uh, the monies that they give you. So they can give you respite money to spend, and usually it's short-term. It's it's like short-term stays for a week or, you know, a weekend or something like that, or in or outpatient services like those um, daycares I was telling you about. It, the idea is to give you temporary relief as a primary caregiver so you don't lose your mind. It's helpful. <laughs> it's incredibly helpful to be able to give yourself a week or a weekend off. And these respite services are just worth their weight in gold. So like I said, you can get some of it covered with um, sponsorships and things like that. So things to think about. If your person falls and they break something, Oftentimes, they will go from the hospital to a skilled nursing. They are medical places that are providing care. Usually, they have an RN, a licensed nurse of some type, and they will monitor and assist with acute issues, unstable medical conditions, they will assess that person's care needs. They will give them medications. They can do catheters, tubes, intravenous feeding, personal care, bed sores, other conditions. But it is trauma situations typically. So somebody falls, they break something, they hit their head. They have a head injury. They're in a care community, an assisted living or a memory unit, and they take a tumble. 
if your person is at home and they are late stage and they break something or they get super sick, they get a ulcer that's bleeding or something like that, and they're in the hospital, they will release them to a skilled nursing. And oftentimes, if that person is in late-stage dementia and you as a caregiver look like you are on your last leg, they will tell you that person can't go home. If they say that and you haven't obtained long-term care insurance or don't have enough money to pay for a private care place, you're going to need to look for Medicaid places in your area. The best place to find Medicaid places is your agency, area agency on aging companies. They are the ombudsman's office. They're usually separate from your state entities, but your state entities know how to get a hold of them. So the ombudsman's office in Colorado is called Dr. Cog. Um, I don't know why it's called that. Colorado government, I think that's what it stands for. I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, uh, there are companies that help with things like that, and they have lists. They have lists where the Alzheimer's Association will not of Medicaid places, and they will know which ones are good and which ones are not. And if you are forced into a situation where that person can't live in your home anymore, it is good to have a list like that. And the bad news is that oftentimes the Medicaid places are full. And when you're in those skilled nursings, they'll tell you you have six to nine weeks that Medicare will pay for while that person recovers. And then about two weeks later, they say, oh, sorry, you have to go. But if you want to stay until you can find someplace else, it's $450 a day. (laughs) And you have to pay it yourself. It's private pay after Medicare says they won't pay anymore. So you have to push to get Medicare to pay for as much as they possibly can. But friends, I'm telling you, I've seen 85-year-old people break an arm and a leg. And after two weeks, they want them out. They don't want them in these cared nursing, skilled nursing facilities because they are not equipped to take care of people with Alzheimer's and Lewy body and Parkinson's and so forth. They're just not. They're not trained for that. They're trained for the chronic and trauma medical issues, but they are not ready for any type of dementia work. And I'm telling you, you mark my words. If you have somebody go into a skilled nursing straight from the hospital, you've got two weeks. You better start looking on day one. Even if they tell you you have six to nine weeks, you don't. (laughs) You do not. All right. Um... You could pay somebody just to monitor your person's whereabouts. I think that would be expensive, and I wouldn't advise it, but you could. Uh, make, you know, tele- regular telephone calls to the person. If they're isolated or they're homebound, call them three or four times a day or whatever you need to do to check and make sure that they're having lunch, that they are doing different activities, they've been out in the yard, they've got some fresh air, whatever it is. That's where that ring can help you if you have that ring system. But if you if you don't, pick up the phone and call them. And you can do FaceTime. 
if that person's able to talk on the phone, you can do FaceTime or Duo, the Duo thing, whatever it is. And there are people that will come and transport your person to medical appointments, um, to visit their loved ones at a community, you know, whatever you need. They'll, they'll move you around. They'll take you wherever you need to go if you have difficulty getting here or there. So definitely things to think about. Unfortunately, when your person has dementia diseases, most of these services are not free. And they like to charge you a little extra because of Alzheimer's, because of whatever this disease is, right? Uh, we see it in home care companies left and right. Their prices went up over COVID from 30 to $35 to 70 They literally doubled. And they did that because they were losing business. So the people that they did have, because they couldn't go into new homes, they couldn't get new business. So they just doubled the price on the people they did have. How nice, huh? <laughs> how sweet, how thoughtful. Not. Anyway, they don't really take into account that you are a senior and can't have the ability to have extra income. You have a finite amount of income. So you're going to have to find those local offices on aging and senior centers that can give you a list of free or reduced fee programs. AARP is a good source if you have one in your area. I forgot what that stands for. Something retired persons. Huh. I'm going to have to look that up. Anyway, you can get some of the things for a little bit less expensive, like dental care, discounted dentures, less expensive eyeglasses. Your local state entities... I don't know how it is worldwide, but your local state entities will sometimes give you a free lawyer. And sometimes you can get free tax services. Sometimes you can get free social work or discounted social work. There are programs that provide prescription medications or you know, like the beds and walkers and things like that that you might need uh, at a discounted rate. I always think it's a good idea to look on like, I ordinarily wouldn't do this, but like Craigslist or something like that to see if somebody is selling a hospital bed because their person died or walkers or wheelchairs that people might want to sell if their person doesn't need it anymore. I think that would be a really good way to find something, you know, that is used but will help cut the cost because you don't necessarily need something brand spanking new. You just need something that works. 
And once somebody has a bed in their home, they need to get rid of it. They're not going to keep it in their living room anymore. So I would I would look on Craigslist or Angie's List or some of those uh, places that you can barter and trade for items that are used. I, I think that would be a really, really good way to go. In addition to, I talked about the Meals on Wheels, there are a lot of churches that will provide bags of food on certain days of the week and certain days of the month. A lot of Catholic initiative places, a lot of Catholic churches also have a food program for people in their community. And it's not just for people in their congregation. Anybody can can get this. So, you know, you could go and get potatoes or cereal or fruit or bread, some canned goods and things like that. So, you know, if anybody has those little local papers that tell you when what, what the services are, senior services and stuff like that, like a sentinel— um, like a herald, you know, they still have, a lot of places still have community papers that tell you what's going on in your neighborhood. That's an excellent place to look for some of those services and those things that are free that we can take advantage of. And as far as nutritional programs go, the Older Americans Act was put in place to serve people over 60 and their spouses. And you can find them by calling your local senior centers or, again, your area agency on aging, your commissions on aging. Sometimes they provide hot lunch programs for people who are well and not necessarily the person that is impaired. But you could get away and get a hot lunch if if you are a senior that is caring for your person. They also have programs that for are for frail people. And you can bring your spouse if you want to. But you would probably have to watch your person. They're not going to provide somebody that is watching over all the people with Alzheimer's in the room. You know, you've got to take care of your own business in a case like that. Uh, but certainly you can, you know, give that a go. Couldn't hurt, right? So find out what's available in your area. And don't wait till you need it. Don't wait till you need it. You know what they say, people who don't plan can plan to fail. So, you know, rerun this podcast. Make notes. Look at the things that you think you might need. If your person is getting a little more progressed and you need that wheelchair, now you know there are places you can look. You're not going to find them at Goodwill. You're not going to find them at ARP. You're just not. So you might have to go on, like I said, those Craigslist or what have you. And make a list. What do you need? What kind of services are important 
for you, having somebody come into your home, that adult daycare plan that I was talking about. You know, I mean, these are the respite care. What do you need? What's going to make your life a little bit easier? These are things you have to think about. And I hope today's show gave you a good start. And you could say, oh, I didn't even know that I could get respite care. Um, I can't. I have a person that is difficult and rejects care, so I may not be able to get somebody to come into my home. So maybe I'll have food services delivered or I'll have somebody come in and clean for me. I'll have somebody that just comes as a companion if, if they can. I'll leave the home when I need to and I'll put in the ring system so I can monitor them myself if that's what I need to do. Fit the plan to what you need. But don't ignore it and wait till it just comes up. Make a list and start thinking about how you're going to maneuver through this journey and make your person safe and make sure you don't lose your mind or your temper and that everybody is fed and that if you need assistance with food, you can get it if you need medical assistance dental assistance, people can come by the house. We have reached a place in our society where we're doing a much better job at providing these services. And the one thing that COVID did was it created restaurants and companies delivering. That really wasn't that prominent, at least not in the United States, prior to COVID. It was because restaurants were closing and didn't they wanted to try and stay open, so they had carry out and they had delivery. So places that never would have done that, like steakhouses and you know Italian restaurants and things like that, <laughs> turned their their restaurants into a triage place for food. So you have a lot of things available to you now that we're kind of out of this this horrible COVID. And uh, we're going to utilize those, right? That's why I made a list. I checked it twice. I put it in alphabetical order. I do these things all for you, my care partners out there in my caregiver nation. I love you all. Email me at jill at summitresiliencetraining.com if you have questions. Contact your local Alzheimer's Association if you need lists. You can call me for classes or in-home assessments or professional training for your communities. I want to give a big shout out and thank you to Carolyn at Bellevue Station for being a new sponsor for my show. Every other show, you will hear their commercials running. They do a great job over there. I want to thank Spring Ridge Park for sponsoring my University of Colorado hospital classes, which, by the way, you can join on the first Wednesday of every month. And next month, in May, it'll be the first Wednesday from 1.30 to 3.30, 1.30 to 3.30 Mountain Time. I don't know what time that is anyplace else, but Mountain Time, it's 1.30 to 3.30. It's always on a Wednesday. And you can access that class on Zoom. On my website, I have it under uh, 
two places, uh, What's News and uh, classes in special uh, speaking sessions, all on the front page of my website. And the way to sign up is right there. All you have to do is click and sign up to be in the class. It is free. It is free because of Spring Ridge Park as my sponsor for that class. And you can get on and learn a lot of new information. And that particular class is going to be managing your emotions because caregivers often don't think about how the actions that they have create reactions that they get. And I want you to be more responsible in not blaming things on the disease itself and understanding that you can cut down on the symptoms that you are dealing with just by changing what you're doing to be more effective communication and more compassionate care. And in the meantime, figuring out what you have to do for yourself so that you can maintain your own life and quality of life while you maintain your person with dementia's dignity. All right. I will see you next week on Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. You've been listening to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. To learn more about her resources, services, classes, or to book speaking engagements, visit Jill's website at summitresiliencetraining.com. A new podcast drops every Tuesday, so join us as we learn more about dementias, resilience, and overcoming obstacles to find a positive outcome. Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz can be found on your favorite podcast provider. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Musical and technical support provided by Brian Hunter. See you next week.